Welcome to The Driven Entrepreneur, where we sit down with visionaries, trailblazers, and entrepreneurs and discover why and how they do what they do. We'll get the backstory, plus plenty of life and business lessons along the way. Here's your host, Matt Browning. Broadcasting from the Leadership Academy Studios, aka my new basement, welcome to The Driven Entrepreneur. This is the go-to plan for coaches, authors, speakers, and entrepreneurs of all kinds to start, grow, and profit a business that you love. I'm your host today, Matt Browning, as usual, and we have opened up the form submission for your questions. If you head over to mattbrowningpodcast.com, you can submit your question. Uh, any question you have on entrepreneurship, on business, on speaking, on coaching, anything that you would like uh, some advice for. The advice is free, and some say it's worth every penny. If your business is you, if you're doing something, you sell something, if you're making something, you are who I'm here for. So question this week that we're answering on the Driven Entrepreneur comes from Driven Entrepreneur Katrina. Katrina Wynn. Hi, Katrina. What a great question. Her question is, let me just read it word for word here. I want to speak more, and you teach how to use speaking to grow your business. But if the goal of me speaking is to promote my book and encourage selflessness, good goal, is it necessary to offer strategy sessions? Other than selling my book, I don't have a goal of increasing business revenue or growing my number of clients. What a fascinating question, Katrina. So you do want to speak, and you're in for that. The goal for you to speak is to promote your book and to encourage selflessness. Okay, awesome. And I'm assuming that the some of the content of your book is about being selfless and how that's a good thing. But she said, is it necessary to offer strategy sessions? So quick definition, guys, strategy sessions, if you don't use that terminology, it's like a, a speaker in entrepreneur term that generally means you get up on stage and speak or you do a webinar or something like that where people get introduced to you and then you offer for free or very discounted a session where you help them with strategy on what you spoke about. But the concept of the strategy session is that it's free or cheap, they sign up and those become high ticket sales sessions. So you're giving them value, helping to get them clarity but then they have the opportunity, of course, you're going to align your product, program, or service with what their goals are. And the idea is if they're a good aligned client, then they sign up to work with you. If they're not, then they got some good value and they move along the way. Uh, at least that's how I use strategy sessions in my business and I like them. So, you know, Katrina, man, okay, I'll, I'll just tell you right now, the, the thing I struggle with is I feel like there's a presupposition kind of under the surface in this question. You know, other than selling my book, I don't have a goal of increasing business revenue. What? Well, you want to sell your book. Isn't that business revenue? So I feel like there's this, this presupposition, this assumption that selling your book is over here on one side of the aisle, but then growing revenue and getting clients, that's a whole different thing. Let me just put it to you this way. If you, I don't know how many books you want to sell, but I'd be willing to bet it might not be a big, big number. You know, it's, it feels to me, and again, I'm just trying to read into the wording. I only have the words that are in front of me. I can't ask you right now. Um, but it feels to me like it's like two separate goals. Like 
selling the book is really about selflessness and about getting the message out there, right? It's about, hey, I want to help people with this book. But then business revenue, getting clients is like you selling. So maybe it feels like one is good and one is bad. Again, I might be way off, but this is more, you know, you asked the question, so I'm doing my best to answer it. Um, but that's what it feels like to me, right? Promoting your book is getting a message of selflessness out there. Getting business revenue is you being selfish. So I just want to challenge you in case I'm anywhere near close on this. I want to challenge you that selling your book and increasing revenue by working with clients are both selfish and they're both selfless. They're both selfish because when you sell books, you make money, right? Okay. And when you get clients, you make money. They're both selfish. Now, they're also both selfless. Because when you sell a book, you get that message of self, selflessness, easy for me to say, out into the world. And when you get a new client or you grow business revenue, what do you do with that revenue? So I think there's just, there's, there's a lot of talk, you know, especially lately in the last few years, there's a lot of sentiment that, um, you know, that the business owners are the evil ones, right? Like, you know, those evil corporations and they make so much money and like, you know, you can have a conversation about a Jeff Bezos or, or whatever, right? I'm not singling him out. He's just, you know, Amazon. Um, you can have a conversation about what that looks like to have a multi-multi-billionaire in the world and, and so forth. But you can't really argue. At some point, a business, if you shrink down, if you go from one size business and then you you move your eyes and look at another business that's a little smaller and then a little smaller yet, Eventually, you're going to end up going, well, at what point are they the evil business owner? And at what point are they you and me? Are they just the average person trying to get ahead, right? Like, you know, mom and dad, you know, mom and pop opened a sandwich shop because they love making sandwiches. Well, we want them to succeed, right? Everyone's behind mom and pop. But then mom and pop do well because they have a great sandwich recipe and they have great customer service and they actually care and they work hard and they open up a second shop. And a third, and, and all of a sudden, eventually, when does it become, oh, this is Subway, Jimmy John's, or, you know, fill in the blank. I, I, I like both of those places. But, you know, at what point is it, oh, this is this, this big chain I deserve and they shouldn't, and how dare they not pay this, and how come they don't do that? And again, I'm not picking on any of the brands, but right at some point, mom and pop become successful. Why is it as a society that so many people, they have this invisible line in the sand of success. And it's like, you can be successful, but only that much, whatever this invisible line is. And once you cross that line, now you're one of them. Now you're the evil rich people. You're the evil business owner who now doesn't pay your employees enough and should give more of this and should change that and doesn't pay your taxes. And I mean, they pay taxes, but you know, doesn't pay your fair share, whatever the story is, right? This narrative. And I just think it's dangerous and it doesn't make any sense. So I'm a big fan of, look, I think if one of the greatest ways to make an impact in the world and one of the greatest ways to give back to the world, if you have an entrepreneur genius in you, if you have an innate skill or a talent and you can harness that as a business to give back into the community and into your clients and really help people to achieve what they want and you, like you're selling a product that is helping people get something they want. Right, whether it's selling a sandwich and they want to feel full and feel happy with a good taste bud, or you're selling a coaching process to help in sales, and now that person is selling more. Right, um, I think it's a good thing. I think it's a selfless thing, but 
I would, I would challenge you this Katrina. I would challenge to potentially reframe the idea of selfless and selfish that I don't think anything can be exclusively one or the other. Right. Um, you know, I'm a parent of a, of 11 year old boy. I'm not a selfless dad. I'm a selfish dad, but I'm also selfless. Right. It's uh, as our friend, John Deloney says, it's both. And um, I'm, I'm both selfish where I, you know, I hug him because it feels good to receive a hug and to give a hug to my child. Yet I also hug him because I want him to, to be held and I want him to know he's important to me and I want to look him in the eye and touch him on the face, right? So it's like, why do I hug my son? It's both and. Um, so I would challenge you to maybe just, just to play with the paradigm that maybe speaking is both and, right? Maybe selling your book is both and. It's getting the message out and it's making money. Maybe the message in your book resonates with a certain demographic of people that when they read that book, they go, man, this is what I've been looking for and I want more of it. Is there any way to get more of Katrina Wynn? Is there any way to get more of this person who gave me this message? And hopefully the answer is yes. And that might look like coaching uh, and having private clients. It might look like business revenue. And guess what, Katrina? When you increase your business revenue, which you can do through speaking very easily and very nicely, and you don't have to be selfish and weird <laughs> to, you know, to sell, when you increase your revenue, what will you do with it? So I'm going to leave you with this question. And all of you out there right now, I want you to, I'm going to leave you with this question. If you were to increase your business revenue, double it, triple it, quadruple it. And if there's any part of you that when I say that cringes and oh, I don't know if I want to make that much. Ooh, like, no, I, I, I do this because I love it because I care about people. I don't need to make the money. If any part of you has that reaction, just go with it for a second. I want to challenge you with, if you did quadruple your business revenue, what would you do with it? What, what, what would you do with it? You know, and for years, as I've run businesses, you know, I've always said and, and walked this talk that if I make an extra $100,000, you know, in a year, I, I don't need, I'm not going to take that money and go buy a Lambo. Although, you know, there's nothing wrong with doing something for yourself, but that's not, that's not what I'm going to do. See, if I had an extra $100,000 in business revenue, what for me instantly, the first thing that comes to my mind, that would allow me to hire another one to two or three people, depending on the position and so forth. But that would allow me to hire more team. And that means we could accomplish more. I could free up more time to create other things. And the cool thing is that might be some part-time people. It might be full-time people. It might be a mom. It might be a dad. It might be someone who's taking care of their family. So I get to actually hire and bring on someone. So if I increase my business revenue, I make other people's lives better. My product gets better. Our customer service gets better. I get less out of the weeds, right? I'm doing more of the thing I'm born to do, not the things I'm not born to do. Wow. What do you think about that? So that's what I would do. I would challenge you to maybe, maybe you do want to grow your business revenue. Now, at the end of the day, if you really are like, look, I just want to speak as a charity, as a give back. And I want to speak to this in case this is your place. And again, some people are in this place too. Maybe you have a full-time job. Maybe you make plenty of revenue and you're totally fine. You're like, look, I make my money. I'm good. I have everything I need. I'm speaking so I can share this book message. In that case, yeah, I probably wouldn't offer a strategy session. I would just offer, but I would make sure that I offer the book. Don't shy away, you know, um, at the end of and throughout a presentation, don't shy away from having the bookstore at the end. It's very disappointing to me when I hear a great speaker, especially an author who has a fabulous book, 
they share a great message. And then at the end, it's like, wait, I can't even get the book. Like, where is this thing? So I'm a big fan of you show up and you bring a case of books and you go, hey, if you want to get a copy of the book, I have some in the back. They're only this much money. I'd also consider giving bonuses, you know, because look, you can go on Amazon and get my book for $20, whatever the price is. Uh, I do have some copies here. And if you grab a copy at the back of the room when we wrap up, um, I'm also going to give you this bonus template. I'm going to give you this special gift. I'm going to take a picture with you, give you a high five, whatever you want to do as a bonus, but do something um, that's special and rewards them for taking action with you. And you'll find it's very, very encouraging. I, I find this encouraging to my soul. I'll, I'll finish with this last story. When I wrote my first book in 2007, it's still available. It's called Total Freedom from Addictions. Um, it's not what I, I speak on and teach on today, but it was one of the few things I really understood uh, having gone through a lot of that challenge for myself all through high school and my teenage years and, and my 20s. So I wrote my first book called Total Freedom from Addiction. And I would speak and I would you know share about the book and it was all good and it was hard and it was, it was what it was. But then one day, one year, I had the opportunity. I was running a seminar in Orange County, California, and someone comes up and says, hey, you shared your story and said you went to a continuation high school. Because that was after I got kicked out of two high schools, I went to my third continuation school where all the basically juvenile delinquents go. And she says, which school? And I'm like, no one's ever heard of this. It's called Richland Continuation High School. And if, hey, if you're out there, uh, slide in the DMs at Matt Browning. Let me know if you know Richland Continuation High School in Orange, California. Uh, I'd be very interested. Over the years, I've had parents and different people. Oh, my gosh, my kid goes there. I went there. And not often, but I hear it sometimes. Well, this lady said, oh, my gosh, Richland, I'm the counselor there. <laughs> and I thought, what? That's amazing. And then she asked me something that I had never been asked before. Again, this is like 2008, 2009 time period, I think. She says, would you be willing to come speak to the kids at like an assembly? <laughs> I'd never considered myself really a, like a full speaker speaker. You know, I ran my own seminars at that point, uh, did workshops, but I wasn't like a keynote speaker. And she said, would you like to come and speak to the kids? And of course, no hesitation. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to say or how to do that. But the answer is yes. Like, obviously I would do that. And then she said, well, you know, and we don't really have a speaker budget, you know? And I was like, that's, <laughs> again, I'd never been paid to speak at that point anyways. I'm like, that's fine. Uh, I definitely uh, wouldn't expect it. But here's where it became a real big blessing. I show up at the school and there's about 200 and change kids, a lot of seniors there, some graduating, uh, some not, right? Some get to show up to the next year because they don't have enough credits because they're flunking out of stuff. And there were kids that were punk rockers and there were kids that were in gangs and there were kids that uh, had drug problems and kids trying to stay sober. And, you know, there was a mix. And when I was in high school, you know, I was a little bit kind of on the punk rock side. You know, I had like the patches in my knees and wore a flannel. It was like grunge punk rock because I was like, it was in the late 90s. <laughs> At any rate, I, I show up there and I relate to the kids. Like I look out and go, man, I'm, I'm definitely you. And I finished speaking. And at the end, Katrina, this is for you. At the end, I pulled out a case of my book, Total Freedom from Addictions. And I said, hey, um, if anybody wants a copy of my book, I'd be happy to give you that as a gift. Uh, I wasn't selling my book, right? Because it was for high school. And I just said, I just want to give you a book. And I was self-published, right? Um, not all my books are self-published, but this one was self-published. 
So it cost me about three bucks, you know, a, a book to actually print all said and done. So a case of books, case of a hundred books, if they all bought them or if they all took them would cost me $300. And I thought, man, what a, what a cool opportunity. So I said that, and I said, I'd love to give you a gift. Happy to do that. And I asked the principal before I said, you know, can I give away books? And he said, Oh, sure. Uh, and then I said, awesome. And Hey, if there's any books left over, if kids don't want them, I can happy to donate them to the school. You can, you know, put some copies in the library. Um, I think it would be very helpful because I'm speaking uh, and the book is about total freedom from addictions. And these kids, you know, some of them are really struggling with that. Um, and I, I've, I've walked down that road. I understand it. So he said, yes, absolutely. And when I finished speaking, you know, the kids were getting up and then a, a kid came over to me and I won't share the whole story here, but he was a little scary and a little intimidating, kind of a gangbanger style dressed. Uh, <laughs> he was about six feet tall and I'm, you know, five, eight. On a, you know, with shoes on a good day on my tippy toes. And he said, Hey man. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And he said, I really like that. Um, he's like, thanks for, thanks for saying what you said. And then he said this, he said, man, I'm, I'm coming up on 30 days uh, clean. And he said, it's really hard, you know, around here uh, to keep saying, staying clean. And I, I got to encourage him and I got to build him up and tell him how proud of him I am and, and encourage him to keep going. And then his tone kind of changed and he was like, so could I get one of those books? I'm like, yeah. And this is the very first time this ever happened to me. And I'll never forget it for the rest of my life. He looked and he kind of cocked his head to the side and he said, uh, this tough, tough 17 year old gangbanger kid cocked his head to the side and says, would you sign it for me? And I, I, I lost it. I'm like, I don't know what to do with that. This, like, this is it, right? This is why I wrote the book because I want, this moment with this kid, that this could be a pivotal moment that he can change his life. And that's why we do what we do. So I was like, oh, I'm like, I'm just like tearing up. I'm like, yeah, here you go. And I signed, you know, three pages worth. And like, you know, you're so, I'm so proud of you and you're going to do so great. And anyway, and I wrote a whole thesis for him. And then behind him was a little girl about five foot nothing. It was like all punk rocked out. And she had a similar story and said, she was coming up on 90 days clean. And she wanted, she wanted to thank me for speaking. And by the time I finished talking with her and giving her a book, I looked behind her and there was just a line of kids. It was probably a hundred and something deep. And every kid, I just stayed there for an hour. Um, and I don't know if it's because they didn't want to go back to class or if they actually wanted to say something and get a book. But, but I gave out almost that entire case of books and I had just a handful left to donate to the library. It was one of the most impactful afternoons I had had. I mean, still to this day, you know, and this was well over a decade ago. So Katrina and everyone, if you have a message, if you have a book, if you have a message, if you have a word that you just know you need to share with the world, please don't hold it back. Get out there and do it. Share it. Do something impactful because you are born for impact. You have something inside you and don't let it die inside you. Let it get out and let it impact the people that, it was, that you were born to impact. That's all I'm going to say. Katrina, good luck. I hope you continue speaking, and I certainly hope that uh, you give away books and maybe even increase your business revenue while you make an impact. Thanks for listening to the show. Remember, if you have a question, head over to mattbrawningpodcast.com. Uh, click on at the very top. You'll see real obvious. Um, you'll see uh, submit a question. Submit a question. I want to highlight you, highlight your business, and I want to answer your question live on the air. And hey, a shout out again. Thank you to Katrina Wynn, who asked the question this round. 
And if you want to follow Katrina, if you want to see what she's up to with this book and the selflessness, you can find her on Facebook at Faithful to Fitness. That should be good. Facebook.com slash Faithful to Fitness with the number two. And she, her book is, she has a, a live to give an inspirational memoir about freedom, faith, and selflessness. Very cool. So if you want to check out Katrina's memoir, it's Faithful to Fitness. Hey, I'm at Matt Browning on all social media. You can follow the show at mattbrowningpodcast.com. And we are out of time. Get out there this weekend as per usual, my friends, and stay driven. I'll see you next week where I answer your questions one more time. Bye-bye.